Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parentingpodcast. How many times have you had conversations with your kids, particularly your teenager, and you get into the lecture mode? Um, you, you just go at it, and it's like, this feels really good, so you're going to sit here and listen. I know you don't want to listen anymore. The truth is, there's a better way to communicate. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta, who heads up our parenting and youth department here at Focus on the Family. And Danny, talking with teens can sometimes feel really difficult. I mean, what's going to work? What's going to get through? <laughs> it can be very difficult. And uh, teens may interpret moments differently than us. And we've talked about this before. Interpretations are, are key. And uh, teens bring a lot of emotion to the mix and sometimes hormones and other things going on that we may not know about. And the conversations uh, many times do lead to that lecture place. I do have to confess I've been there where I start to notice myself. I'm going into a complete lecture here. Where am I going with this? Mm. And is he even listening or she even listening to what I'm saying? And and then you tag team. Mom and dad both each have their own version of a lecture going on. Yeah, you, yeah exactly. And, uh, you know uh, what? I need to take a breath and figure out where I'm going to lecture you next. So mom's going to take over for now. I mean, <laughs> you're not quite so forthright, but that often happens, doesn't it, it, it? It can happen. And one thing that I want to tell parents is we I know we are we all mean well with our kids. And let's encourage one another in that. Uh, at the same time, there may be some better ways to teach our kids, and that can be uh, maybe bringing some truths and conversation into activities together. And that's what I encourage families that I work with in, in counseling, but also my own, where I'll, I'll say, hey, son, how about we take a walk? Or let's go shoot baskets together. And then naturally, conversation mm-hmm. begins to flow to a point where you're back in rhythm and you can say, hey, you know, I was, I was wondering about this, right? I'd like to talk about this. Yeah. And, and there's a lot more openness in that moment rather than bombarding. Uh, I, yes, I have so often bombarded my kids. Here's Jim Burns. He's a popular youth and family expert. He's dad to three grown daughters. He's written a book called Understanding Your Teen. And he had a conversation with Jim Daly about this. I think that's wonderful, that advice to make it multi faceted your relationship with your kid. And I think all of us, I feel that way sometimes. I'm a, a one string guitar. Right, right. And you know, boom, boom, boom. It's the same rhythm, same beat. Why are you doing this? What's the problem? Let's talk. Have you seen on your teen's face when you say the words, let's talk? <laughs> they hear what I do wrong yeah, now, right? Exactly, exactly. And so that's always part of it. But w- how does a parent do that? It seems like we have to develop the capacity to get out of oh, the one-string note. It's so hard. And I how a, do you do it? Oh, I have a friend named Rob. I actually talk about Rob in the book, and he actually is, it's his name. His daughter was kind of, you know, messing up, and he's a graduate, he has an MBA from Harvard, and he always has a list for his daughter, and it's like, let's oh, talk no. this, this, this. <laughs> and, you know, his daughter's rolling her eyes, and one day she goes away to school, and uh, he calls her up and he says, hey, do you want to go snowboarding? Actually, here in Colorado. And so he took her snowboarding in Colorado and he said he was dying the whole day because he had 12 things he wanted to say and all they did was just play together. At the end, he takes her back to uh, where she was living here in Colorado and takes her back and just said it was great. They'd had dinner together. It was wonderful. And the daughter texted her dad and said, this was one of the best days I've ever had with you. And I know you had a lot of questions and I just wanted to fill you in on some of the questions that you probably had. This is a 19 year old. So she's a little older and wiser. And Rob went, oh my gosh, what I needed to do was just, she knew how he felt about every issue. So now it's time to not again, go back to the one 
ectopic parrot. So, you know, you, I loved your illustration. I may steal it from you, Jim, the one string, because we tend to do that. If our kid is, you fill in the blank in some kind of a crisis, then we just want to talk about that when, in fact, um, there's more to be discussed and dealt with, and it doesn't always have to be negative. Right. Jim, how do I know that this is the time to say X, Y, or Z? Or how do I know this is the time to say nothing? This is a difficult thing for parents. It, it, it <laughs> totally is. And I wish I had this easy answer for you. And I'm smiling because I think you know from the scars on your tongue. Because, you know, I have a, a new book that just came out um, called Doing Life with Your Adult Child. Keep the welcome mat out and your mouth shut. Mm. And I think for most of us, we have to learn to keep our mouth shut, especially if we've already told them. Kids, teenagers, see unsolicited advice as criticism. And, you know, something getting back to what you said, John, and then also with Jim, is when they're in trouble, one of the questions that they ask that they never verbally ask, but it's in their head, is, do you still love me? So they messed up. They still need to know that you love them. Mm. And that's hard because you're mad at them. I mean, my goodness, they've just looked at porn or they've just, you know, done something sexually that was crazy or they've done something with drugs or alcohol or whatever. You're mad. And yet their question isn't the same question we have. It's, do you still love me? Yeah. And I think really Jesus would have been the one that would have shown love at the same time a firmness because you're still parenting them. I mean, especially yeah. with teenagers, they're still in the house. They're still a part of the family. So you have to be firm, but loving. Yeah, the uh, it's great advice. And in fact, I've got five things that I've taken out of the book. I want to just quickly mention, you can drill into a couple right. of them. This is under that, I guess, that banner of uh, when parents have a troubled teen, they yeah. need to, yeah. and let me fill in the blanks. You write in the book, persevere and seek God's help, find support, which I think is critical, can be difficult though. Get on the same page with their spouse. Next, develop a contract for behavior. This is good. Okay, so far I've been doing all of them. <laughs> Get an assessment if the child continues to break the contract. Uh, that's important because you might have some learning disabilities, ADHD, who knows. And then finally, seek professional counseling if necessary. Right. Right. Elaborate on this. Yeah. Well, actually, you can do all of those. And I hope a lot of the listeners are saying, wait, we're doing this, and it's still not perfect because that's life. Okay? Right. But the truth is, is that for a lot of times when kids are in trouble, we tend to you know, not want to talk to somebody outside because we're embarrassed ourselves or whatever, again, going back to the shame factor, or get the counseling or create the contract. And a contract is something that, that uh, Christian counselors use a lot where, you know, if you take behavior, never do it in the height of, you know, the moment where there's all kinds of flames being thrown the at each other, the battle. Never in the battle. Sure. But create a contract. I find that, and don't create too many contracts because that'll drive kids nuts and you nuts trying to follow them. But, you know, have a contract or two. And, you know, the contract sounds like a legal term. You can literally write it out if you have to, but you don't have, you can just have a discussion with them as well. Somewhere you need it written down because they're going to forget. Or they're going to feign they forget. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Exactly. So it's like, you know, Jim, you mentioned football. You had a football background. I played a little football, believe me, not well. But <laughs> There's the discipline you do, you know, but when Paul said to Timothy, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, that's a training. Yes. Mode. Well, what we do is we do that over and over and over again. And you know what? Pretty soon you go, wow, it got better. It is better. So you, those are truths that work with a troubled teen. Um, and yet at the same time, troubled teens will make choices that will go against that grain sometimes too. You just, you keep doing it though. I can hear some parent thinking, yeah, I've got the contract. It's about five pages long. <laughs> right. Too Is there long. a problem Sounds with that? Sounds like no, a good contract. Too, no, that's too long. I think <laughs> I, I wanted to 
when I found contracts were helpful, I wanted to do them all the time. And you just can't because, again, your kids get, yeah, you know, they're going, look, at not another contract. So, you know, do what's most important that you and work through it. And then, you know, you can always trade contracts. But I find that when kids are on the same page as you, kids, when they help create the contract, they support the contract. And then you don't have to, as a parent, you don't have to go, okay, you're in trouble. You just have to say, oh, I feel so bad because, you know, we created that contract. You were late for, you know, curfew or something, you know, somewhat easy. And I guess I need to take your phone. I'll take it for two days. But, you know, you'll get it right back after the two days because I, I don't think you're always going to be doing that. So you're showing belief in them, but they helped create the contract. That is such a great idea, writing out your expectations and, you know, having a, an agreement between you and your child before things kind of fall apart. Uh, and I like how Jim suggested having uh, the team kind of negotiate with you what goes into the contract. You're having a good, mature conversation that way. And, Danny, those boundaries are necessary. There's uh, kind of a balance, though, it seems, between um, boundaries and bonding. Uh, there's a difference there. What is it and why is that important? Well, the seven traits of effective parenting, the assessment, and the book coming out in August okay, is so all about that. It's the balance of limits, boundaries, demandingness that we bring as parents and bring in a high level of that, but with a, a core relationship, a sensitivity, a warmth, and attunement with our kids. And research goes way back on this, and we can even go back to Deuteronomy 6, where it talks about this balance of bonding mm-hmm. and limits and, and boundaries that God places and t- tells us to teach it to our kids in relationship, but clearly lays out the, he says, hey, teach, teach my commandments, teach my statutes to your kids. And so within Scripture, we even get that as parents, that bonding, yet with boundaries and demandingness and expectations from God for mm-hmm. our living and for what we're doing in our relationship. That's a, that's a perfect model there. So parents can begin Deuteronomy 6, just read through that, gives you a good foundation biblically. And then uh, the research talks about parenting styles, and one of them is called authoritative parenting, and that is a balance of this warmth with your child, and that is the primary beginning. And then from there, uh, there's an outflow of naturally being able to put boundaries, and your child has enough security and safety in that relationship to listen to those boundaries. If you don't have that relationship, there isn't that security and safety mm-hmm. to have an openness to listen. And so there are two big things that parents are building as you're balancing those two. So look, take the assessment, the seven traits assessment. That's a good place to start as well as a parent, and then begin to see how you are doing in certain places in that uh, warmth and bonding and, and where you can grow. And we've got a link to the parenting assessment. It's free. It's on our website. It doesn't take but five or six minutes to fill out, and you'll get instant feedback about uh, your parenting approach. You're going to find additional encouragement in that book by Jim Burns, Understanding Your Teen. As you heard, Jim has some terrific insights. And uh, we're going to send that book to you as our thank you gift if you can join the support team today for Focus on the Family. Uh, Make a gift of any amount, either a monthly contribution or a one-time donation to Focus, and we'll send that book to you. You'll find details in the episode notes. Next time, author and mom Jody Berndt describes the need for prayer and the power of prayer for your adult children. I hope you'll join us then. And for now, I'm John Fuller. On behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team here, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. Mm-hmm.